Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans, as we react to Game 2. I don't know how this one's going to go. This could just be... This could turn into a whole rant. We might just talk about the specific Game 2. I don't know. We're going to see how it goes, because I am uh, obviously not in the best of moods after what I just saw. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like. Always helps out. And let's get into it. So after Sunday's loss for the Nets, when they lost 115-114, I think it was. We know Jason Tatum makes the... Game-winning shot, one of the most excruciating Nets losses I've probably ever seen, and especially since it's Game 1. Like, if the Nets were up 2-0 when that happened, it's like, all right, you know, you're still up 2-1. But to have that happen in a Game 1 when you're the seventh seed, it's just like, that was bad. So, Monday, the entire day, I'm sad as hell, angry. Tuesday, half the day, I was, same thing. And then, you know, Tuesday afternoon, I started to get more positive, like, okay, you just got to take one game in Boston, and you're fine. You go back to Brooklyn, tied 1-1, so I'm finally hyped up for this game, and things start out great. You're up 9-0. Bruce Brown has a personal 9-0 run to start the game. They were up 17 points at one time in the second quarter, and things were looking great, and then this mini turning point happens, and I think a lot of it had to do with the little scuffle that Nick Claxton and Jason Tatum got into, and it just seemed like that really energized Jason Tatum. Both guys got a technical. It wasn't that big of a deal, just a little shoving and whatnot, but whatever. And then Jason Tatum immediately gets a steal. He immediately knocks down a step back three, two possessions later, and the Celtics cut it to like a 10-point game at halftime. So I'm thinking as a Nets fan, like, all right, you know, we're up 10 at halftime. We're going to Pretty decent spot. Played very well in the first half. Played some swarming defense. Didn't let Tatum beat them. They were doing a good job defensively. Even rebounding was great in the first half. And then, you know, typical Nets come out in the third quarter at a halftime. They are not looking great. And Boston, who's a great team at a halftime, they look great. They cut it to just immediately like a four-point game and a two-point game. It was tied a few times. And then Boston eventually takes the lead. And the Nets never got it back. So... It was frustrating because we saw how bad Kevin Durant played in the first game, and I think he was like 9 for 25 in game one and was like a minus 13 or something. And you're saying to yourself, like, there's no way this guy can play this bad two games in a row. And somehow Kevin Durant, I mean, I, I guess it's impressive in a way, but he, he found a way to play worse in game two than he was in game one. I don't know his specific stats off the top of my head. I'll get to them real quickly. Four of 17 from the field. He shot 20 free throws, made 18 of them. He missed a pair. But four of 17 from the field. He was 0 of 10 in the second half at one point. I don't even know if he made a field goal in the second half. Maybe like a garbage time bucket, but... Kevin Durant was horrendous in this game. The turnovers were also a big issue. He had six turnovers in this game. He was a minus 10 and he just looks so out of sorts. Like I've ne I I'm not going to sit here and act like I've watched every single Kevin Durant Supersonics game, Thunder game and and Warriors game. I've watched every KD game on the Nets. I've never seen Kevin Durant look like this like ever. It ju it just seems like the Celtics know what he's about to do. It's kind of like the Houston Astros. Like, they know what pitch is coming when they're at home, back when they were cheating. It's like the Celtics know what Kevin Durant's about to do. They know when he's about to go up for a shot. Grant Williams swipes down on the ball, steal. They know Kevin Durant's spots on the floor. That right el the right elbow, the left elbow, those baseline shots from about 12, 15 feet out. They know every single move Kevin Durant's going to do. Those two dribble back downs he likes to do and turn his body. And then, oh crap, it's a steal. They rip the ball from him. Like, 
like they just know everything. And I, I think it helps that Ime Udoka was a Nets assistant coach last year and watched Kevin Durant and saw him in practice every day and knows his moves. But I give a lot of credit to the Boston Celtics for how well they have defended Kevin Durant, the quote-unquote best player in the world, which I'm tired of hearing, by the way, because if he was, in fact, the best player in the world, he would have not played like this two games in a row. One game, I'm like, all right, you know, I'll give you a pass. It's the first game of the series. You don't know how they're going to play you. Game two, though, Kevin Durant should have had an idea of how they were going to play him in this game, and he just he didn't make any adjustments. I don't really think the Nets made many adjustments, honestly. We still saw so many times where Kevin Durant was like the ball-dominant guy, would bring up the ball. He tried a crossover at one point and dribbled out of bounds. It was like me playing basketball out there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Get the ball out of this guy's hands. Like, why couldn't they run off ball screens and get Durant the ball in the elbow and just have him rise up for a jump shot? Like, why are they trying to force this Kevin Durant being the point guard thing? Like, that's that's what I mean. So, you know, I'll get into Steve Nash later. I can't trust that man as a head coach anymore like I tried to hold out some little bit of hope that there is some hope for Steve Nash but there's just not I, I don't think he's ever winning a championship with this team um Kyrie Irving didn't show up either this is not just a completely let's just crap on Kevin Durant podcast this is like Kyrie Irving didn't even like do much 4 of 13 0 of 1 from 3 he was a minus 9 he also had two turnovers he did have eight rebounds, which is nice, and he had one assist. That's not good for a point guard, but still, I mean, I just don't think Kyrie was, he didn't look as engaged. Like, there were some defensive possessions he looked engaged, but like Kyrie just, they weren't giving him much to work with, obviously. I thought they did a great job defensively on him as well. I mean, this, the Celtics defense in general is great, but you look at the contributions the Nets got out of some of their role players. I talked about Bruce Brown getting off to the hot start. He was 8 of 12. He was 3 of 4 from downtown, which is awesome. You get 6 of 11 shooting from Seth Curry, 4 of 6 from downtown, 16 points. Nick Claxton was not as great in this game as he was in game one, but he was fine for the most part. Goran Dragic, once again, 8 of 14. I mean, the guy is, I, I kind of feel like Goran Dragic wasn't even trying in the regular season. Like, he was kind of half-assing it. Now he's, like, out here just putting on a show in the playoffs. He had 18 points on 8 of 14 shooting. You know, you get a 2 of 4 Patty Mills game. He was okay, so... But you, you get key contributions from at least, you know, three bench guys, and the Nets still put it to waste, you know? You just can't have those things, and I, I didn't look at this game as a must-win. I, I think, because the way I looked at this game was, I guess what I'm about to say is going to make it sound like a must-win, but the way I looked at this game was, whoever won this game was going to win the series, because... I did ultimately believe if the Nets were able to win this game, which I thought they would at one point up by 17 points, um, I thought the Nets were going to go home and possibly, you know, take two games, maybe split, of course, in Brooklyn. And I thought the Nets would be in the driver's seat to take this series. But looking at it now, down 0-2 to a good Boston Celtics team, best defense in the NBA. They have continuity, great head coach. They they play hard. They're not going to beat themselves like we do. They're not going to take plays off like we do. I, I It's just going to be so hard to come back from 0-2. I, I don't want to sit here and, and, and make this like a whole funeral eulogy type episode for the Nets 2021-2022 season, but I just, I'm putting it at like at maybe 5% that they come back and make this thing happen. I mean, can the Nets win in seven? Maybe. I, I, they have the talent. You can't, it's it's hard to, to count out this team with the talent they have, but if Kevin Durant's going to play like this, it's just, 
there's no hope whatsoever. Like you have to hope a lot changes. And honestly, I don't trust our coaching staff to make those changes. I don't think, like, I'm, I'm sure Steve Nash is a very great basketball mind. He played the game for so many years. He's been around the game for so many years. And same thing with KD and guys like Kyrie. They've Their entire lives have been basketball. But for some reason, the Nets are just not, they didn't make many adjustments from game one to game two offensively that I said, oh, you know, that's really going to work out. I thought for sure the Nets were going to do more pick and pops and pick and rolls with Kevin Durant being the screener and Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry handling the ball because that kind of worked for them last game but we didn't see much of that this game it was just a lot of like let's give Kevin Durant the ball in the wing and see if he makes something happen and have Katie bring up the ball and see if he makes something happen and let's have Kyrie go iso and see if that works and it just was not working out the Nets are so iso heavy which is also an annoying part about this team but when that's not working like the entire Nets offense is just praying that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can get it going. And when you play a defense this good and they're helping every time these guys are in a one-on-one situation, it's tough for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to take over the game individually. Like Kevin Durant said in the post game, oh, they're sending two or three guys at me, then then pass out of it. Like, why are you making that? Like, we get it, Kevin. Like, they're yes, they're sending two, three guys at you. You got to find the open guy. You have Bruce Brown shooting the ball very well in the corner. Um, you're going to have Seth Curry on the floor with you. You have Kyrie on the floor with you. Like, you got to find the open guy at some point. You know what I mean? So, um, I didn't talk about Andre Drummond. I didn't think he was that bad. Like, he his stat line wasn't, like, amazing, but he wasn't as terrible as I feel like he was in game one. Um, I saw a couple things that annoyed me about Drummond, but for the most part, like, I thought he was fine. He had a couple steals in this game, I believe. He had two blocks. Um, he had three steals, actually. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, he was fine. Only had four rebounds, which is another, like, what the hell. Like, the rebounding was not as big of an issue in this game for Brooklyn. But, w- once again, we saw some weak side rebounds. Grant Williams, Al Horford getting those. And I remember there was a shot in the fourth quarter where Tatum, like, he had to basically force up a shot with the shot clock winding down. And it was a, a miss long. And I think Grant Williams or Al Horford got the rebound. It's just like, there were some key rebounding opportunities where we didn't get one. Then they kicked out the Jalen Brown. He makes a three. So the rebounding was actually dead. Even 36 to 36, the Nets had nine offensive rebounds to their seven, but I just feel like the Celtics ones, they showed up in big parts in this game. Once again, a lot of fouls, no surprise there. That really did not change much. The Nets uh, shot 79% from the free throw line, which I feel like is a little below their season average. They shot 46% from three. Like, you'll take that any time, of course. 10 of 21. I mean, shooting 21 threes is not a lot in the first place, but the Nets are just more of a mid-range team, having guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving that love to, you know, play that mid-range game. So, as I said, I thought the Nets did a pretty good job defensively in the first half, and they were doing what I wanted them to do. I said this before the series even started. Let somebody else not name Jason Tatum beat you. And they did. You know, credit to guys like Peyton Pritchard. Grant Williams went on like a 9-0 run by himself making three three-pointers. Kevin Durant was late rotating. Al Horford, of course, was making his three-pointers. There was another guy I mentioned, Pritchard and Grant. Oh, Jalen Brown, of course. Jalen Brown, you know, had a good game in this one after not really doing that much in game one. So a lot of it's, you know, credit to Boston for playing so well and, and being organized and actually having a game plan. But for Brooklyn, I mean, you see so many weird things, like the whole Kessler Edwards experiment. Like what he he comes in, in the first quarter, I think, end of the first quarter. He plays three minutes and looks like he's overwhelmed once again, then does not see the floor again the entire game. And honestly, like I didn't, I was one of those people that did not want to play Kessler going forward because 
he just he's not helping right now. Like I get defensively he'll give you the effort, but Kessler Edwards right now offensively is a negative. He cannot handle the ball right now at this point in his career. He's not even looking for a shot. He just, you know, has no confidence right now. So you really can't put him out there in this type of environment. Another coaching thing, where the hell was Goran Dragic in the third quarter? Like, we did not see Goran until, like, the fourth quarter started. They just benched him the entire third quarter, although he's one of the most consistent nets throughout the first two games here. But Goran just did not see the floor until the fourth quarter started. So I don't really see where they're going with that one. I, I, you know, I'm kind of getting to the point where I want to see Blake Griffin. Like, at, at this point, like, why not? Just see if it works out. I don't think this is a LaMarcus Aldridge series once again. Cam Thomas, I don't see it. I think he got some run, like, the final 30 seconds or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just... Blake Griffin, like, why not? Go for it. You know, you're trying these minutes with Kessler Edwards. Obviously, not all the Andre Drummond minutes are that pleasant, so... I just think if you can find a way to put Blake Griffin out there as a guy that can kind of guard multiple positions, I'm not going to ask him to guard, you know, a point guard like Marcus Smart or something, but at least Blake Griffin has the size and has some mobility and can rebound. So, you know, I think he's still a pretty decent finisher at the rim. He's not going to be a high flyer and, and dunk on people like he once did. Maybe once in a while he does it, but... I don't know. You're just you're down 2-0, and I kind of feel bad for Blake at this point. And he he definitely brings some fire to this team. He's a guy that led the NBA in charges or was tied for the lead despite not playing half the year. He definitely brings an edge to this team. So, you know, at, at this point, why not try it? I mean, there's a chance you get Ben Simmons back in Game Three. And by the way, if I'm the Nets, I'm playing Ben Simmons in Game Three. Um, I I don't see why not. Apparently, he's been pain free for about three weeks now. Like just play the guy your, your season is literally on the line on Saturday like I if you're the Nets like I, I'm not a doctor I'm not saying I know more about Ben's injury than they do but like at the end of the day if you lose Saturday you're done like for all intents and purposes the series is over so um I, I'm playing Ben on Saturday whether it's 15 minutes whether it's 30 minutes I'm, I'm putting the guy out there and seeing if he can help the basketball team if not then you know at least you tried it is what it is so Speaking of Saturday, I already got tickets for that game. That was like before the series even started, so I'm already pissed at myself. I don't even want to go anymore, but um, you know, a couple of friends um, asked me to go, so I was like, all right, sure, I'll go. But it's it, right now, like down 2-0, it's like I, I don't want to be in this situation. It's actually funny. So my birthday is April 28th. My parents once surprised me with Nets tickets. The first year in Brooklyn, it was that Chicago series that went seven games. The Nets were down 3-1 after that very tough either double or triple overtime loss in Chicago. My parents got me tickets for that game. They were down 3-1. And I'm like, I don't even want to go to this game. Like, you know, but I went. The Nets won that game and eventually lost in seven games, of course, on their home floor. But um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that situation. So yeah, as I said, I give the Nets a, a slight chance of coming back. I think they can win game three, but it's it's just very unlikely at this point, especially the the way they are defending Durant right now. I just don't see it. If if Durant was putting up good numbers and, and putting up 30 a game still and shooting the ball well, but unfortunately the Nets were not playing enough defense or something along those lines, I'd be like, all right, if we just do better on defense, we'll be fine. But Kevin Durant looks like half the player he usually is, not even half the player. So I just have a hard time believing they're going to figure this out by Saturday. It's a few days here, you know, a layoff here, but still, I just don't see it happening. So is it possible that Ben Simmons is implemented here and makes this team a lot better? I guess, but that's just a lot to ask for a guy who has not played since, what, June, I think it was. So 
or last June of 2021. So it's it's a lot to ask for. I can't really have those type of unrealistic expectations. And as for Steve Nash, I've I've kind of seen enough. Like I, I I'm not gonna. I, I don't really know what to say because I, I think Steve Nash is pretty much only here because Kevin Durant was, he was the guy who wanted him here. So obviously Kevin Durant's going to get what he wants. But the way I look at it is this is too much of an overwhelming situation for Steve Nash, first time head coach, doesn't really know what the hell he's doing in my opinion. So if you're Steve Nash, like you tried and you, you took over this opportunity, it was a great opportunity. You come into Brooklyn with Kyrie and KD. They were going to trade for a third star eventually. Ends up being James Harden. It doesn't go the way you want. And you know now you're two years into this thing. Well, basically, well, yeah, Steve's been here for two years. But you're two years into this thing. You had a second round exit last year. This year's looking like it's going to be a first round exit. Like This team has too high of expectations to be a team that can't even make it past the second round. Like you have to be better than this. And like, there are just so many signs that Steve, like I get Steve Nash has not been in the best situation. There has not been any continuity with this team and he's been dealt a difficult hand. We get all that, but still some of the stuff he says to the media, I can't stand it. He had a line tonight about continuity. I'm like, bro, we get it. This team is is relatively new. These lineups have not played with each other that much as compared to Boston who have, been pretty healthy the entire season outside of Robert Williams now, but you can't sit there and make the whole like, oh, the the continuity excuse. I'm going to read the quote real quick because I, I just want to make sure I get it um, right word for word. Steve Nash said, it's a new team with a, a lot of common experiences to get through battles and learn from them. I like I get what you're trying to say, but this is Kevin Durant in year what 14, 15 now. This is Bruce Brown who's been around for a few years now. This is Andre Drummond who's been around for almost a decade. This is Kyrie Irving who's been in the league for ten years now. Seth Curry's been in the NBA for what five, six, seven years. Like stop with the excuses. Like Nick Claxton, I'll give you. He's a young guy. Goran Dragic's 35. Patty Mills has been around forever. He's been in the finals. Like, I'm tired of hearing the excuses. The entire, every time you hear Steve Nash talk, it's just excuse, excuse, lie, lie, excuse. It's like, you can't believe anything this guy says. And once he says something, it's like, seriously, like, why are you saying that? So, like, I get it. We all understand as Brooklyn Nets fans, there is no continuity here. You don't have to say it, but we still expect better from you, right? This team at the end of the day, you can look at the Harden situation, the vaccination situation, whatever the hell you want to look at, being a seven seed, unfortunately, KD's injury. At the end of the day, this Nets team had a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy Kyrie Irving for this series, and they might get bounced in the first round. Let that sink in. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, bounced in the first round, right? I gave him a pass last year. Kyrie turns his ankle, Harden pulls his hamstring, Kevin Durant's basically trying to beat the Bucks by himself. I get it. Very tough circumstances. These circumstances, not as tough. You still have a healthy Durant, a healthy Kyrie. You have Seth Curry playing at a high level. You still have Andre Drummond who's been around for a while. Bruce Brown gave you a great contribution in Game 2. You have Nick Claxton, who's a good up-and-coming center. You have Goran Dragic playing at a very high level right now. You have Patty Mills still playing at a pretty decently high level. I can't sit here and give you all the excuses in the world. Like, you have enough talent on this roster. You look at these rosters up and down, the Celtics roster versus the Nets roster. I don't look at Boston and go, oh, they're a lot better than Brooklyn. No, like, I respect the hell out of Jason Tatum. I respect Al Horford, Jalen Brown, 
all those guys, right? I mean, you know, Marcus Smart obviously is a competitor, just won Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I respect that team, but you also look at Brooklyn's roster and like there's no reason why this thing shouldn't go six or seven games. But the way I'm looking at it right now is that the Celtics might win this thing in five games. I mean, I don't see the Nets getting swept, but I think Boston and fives on the table for sure. So um, I just expected more. And it's, it's not all on Nash. I think, you know, uh, sometimes the players just are not engaged. They looked very engaged in the first half. I will say that. The Nets came out and looked great in the first half. But third quarter, parts of the fourth quarter. Like, the fourth quarter, the Nets scored what? They had 10 points in the fourth quarter with, like, two minutes left. They got some garbage time buckets to make it 17 points in the fourth quarter. But they allowed 29 points in the fourth and only scored 17. Like, that's that's not good enough. You know, like, the Nets had a great fourth quarter in game one. And, you know, we saw them play very well at that point. But this fourth quarter in game two, complete opposite. They just did nothing. So... I just, you know, with Steve Nash, you're just not getting anything offensively. Once in a while, you'll see a great play. But for the most part, it's just iso ball. And I know it's a different roster, but I remember Kenny Atkinson a couple years ago with the Nets being the, the head coach. He ran plays all the time. We would have so many plays where it was designed for Joe Harris to come off multiple screens. We saw those plays where they would have a shooter run around the wing and we would see D'Angelo Russell throw these great passes to Alan Crabb for an easy layup like you know just stuff like that like you don't see this type of stuff with the Nets now it's just like basically the, the Nets offense once again is just trying to have your two superstars orchestrate something off the top of their head and it's just it's not good enough so I remember with Kenny every Nets game used to start with a Joe Harris three-pointer off a couple of screens, he would be wide open. Sometimes he would make it, sometimes he wouldn't. But that's how every Nets game used to start. And I know Joe Harris is now injured, but you have Seth Curry, great three-point shooter in his own right. So there's no reason why you can't run these same type of plays. I just, I don't really see anything. Like, I never feel that the Nets coaching puts them over the top. It never gives them the advantage. The Nets are always being outcoached, and it annoys me, you know? Like, I kind of feel the same way about the uh, New York Giants the past couple of years with Jason Garrett being the offensive coordinator. Like, he wasn't helping. What the hell was Joe Judge doing a head coach, you know? So, kind of reminds me of my Giants in a way. But, yeah, I, I'm just kind of past the point. Obviously, if they come back and win this series, then I, I guess Steve Nash is safe for another year. But if this thing ends in five games or whatever, I don't really see how you could bring back Steve Nash next year, you know? Like, I know that Kevin Durant wanted him to be the head coach. I'm sure the players love Steve Nash because they probably walk all over him. But at the same time, like, we're trying to win a championship here. I, I preferably like to win multiple championships here. But at this point, I'll just take one. Um, so I, I just don't look at Steve Nash as the head coach that'll get you to the promised land. I think this team needs more of a veteran guy who's been there before. I don't know who that name would be. Um, we pretty much missed out on the opportunity for Tyron Lue, but that ship has sailed. So, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Maybe Doc Rivers when he's fired. That would be ugh, that would be terrible, too. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll find out what happens with Steve Nash. But it's, it's not looking great right now. So to wrap it up, yeah, frustrating game. It felt like this was the game the Nets were supposed to win. I mean, game one kind of felt the same way. I, I don't think that they, they played well in game one, but, like, neither did Boston. So somebody had to win it, of course. But... Yeah, this was a game where they, they came out focused and things looked great. As I said, 9 nothing lead to start out and a 17-point lead at one point. And then, as Steve Nash said in the postgame, they lost focus in the second half. Well, I mean, you, you can't have those things. So, 
you know, Katie and Kyrie combined for eight of 30 shooting, eight turnovers. You're not going to win many games in that case. And as I said, the role players did what they could, but when you have your quote unquote superstars playing like that, um, it's, it's not going to happen most times. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if Kevin Durant's gonna uh, miraculously drop 45 next game and, and save us. I'm not expecting that, but I guess hopefully Ben Simmons comes back and it changes a lot. But you know, you can't really expect that once again. So it's wishful thinking, and I'll try to hold out some hope that the Nets can come back in this series and at least make it 2-1 and go from there. But it's a lot to ask for. So you know, Boston defending their home court, the Nets have to do the same. But I just don't see it happening. I know Kyrie was not playing at home for like 90% of the season, but the Nets' home record was not good this year. So something about it. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, that's pretty much gonna do it. Just a frustrating game, and you know, at least now I'm kind of at peace. I kind of feel like the season's over, so it's it's I don't have to worry about it as much. Obviously, after game one, I felt <laughs> so disappointed, and I'm disappointed now, but at this point, it kind of feels like a relief, because like this, this entire season, I cannot wait to do a whole like season recap type video when this is all over. This entire season has just been crazy, so um, crazy in a disappointing way and a frustrating way, but just another cherry on top to... Uh, the crappy season that it's been for the Brooklyn Nets. So anyway, maybe next year. But no, let's let's see if we can win Saturday and try and take it from there. I'm trying to see when these games are. So I know Saturday's one of them. Saturday, Monday's game four, and then game five would be on Wednesday. So we'll know by Saturday or probably Monday, I guess, at, at the latest. I mean, obviously, I'll do a reaction after every game. I don't know about Saturday, actually, because I'm going to the game Saturday, then I'm going out Sunday morning. I don't know when the hell that reaction is going to come up, but we'll find out. I'll try to do something like Sunday afternoon, I guess, Sunday night. I'll have a video out. Anyway, that's going to do it. Leave in the comments how we feeling. Do, you know, do we think the season's over? Do we come back? I'm obviously not feeling that optimistic right now, but we'll see. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.